it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I'd pay for vacations with whatever was in my wallet, but I was missing out on miles I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade? Lounge access? Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet, finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You're tuned in to the Investing for Beginners podcast. Finally, step-by-step premium investment guidance for beginners. Led by Andrew Sather and Dave Ahern to decode industry jargon, silence crippling confusion, and help you overcome emotions by looking at the numbers. Your path to financial freedom starts now. All right, folks, well, welcome to Investing for Beginners podcast. This is episode 131. Tonight, Andrew and I are going to talk a little bit about the upcoming year. So Andrew had a great idea, and we're going to talk about the year 2020 and things to consider for your investing and for your personal finance in the upcoming year. So Andrew's got a whole list of things for us to talk about, so I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to my friend, and we'll get going. Well, thank you, friend. You're welcome. So lots of different things we can talk about. Uh, I want to talk about like the Fed, politics, things and big themes to look out for for next year, uh, all sorts of things. Uh, I think it's good to start with unemployment statistics. So the latest figures for unemployment, uh, this is last month, November 2019, it's down to 3.5%. So to me, when I think about what that means and how we look at the course of our own personal finances, right? You want to make hay while the, while the sun is shining. And you, you want to look at a time like this where unemployment's so low as a time where you should be saving and not spending. So I think if you think about, you know, if you're gamefully employed and, you know, I'm assuming a lot of people who listen to us now probably are and they're looking to grow their money. Um, this needs to be a time where you build an emergency fund. You uh, increase contributions to the various personal finance vehicles that you have, and you really try to take advantage of any prosperity that is out there. You know, we don't know how long unemployment will stay this low, and there's 
all it, it cycles just like anything else. And so, you know, it, it will you have what are you going to do with what you have now, and how are you going to take best advantage of it? Um, it's it's very easy to to get a lucrative job, and then as you're doing that, you're getting into the rat race and always looking for the next best thing. So maybe after the new jobs, the new car. And after new cars, maybe an upgrade in house, right? And so really, as you keep moving and you keep moving the, um, what's, what am I thinking of? You're moving like the goalposts so you'll never reach them. And if you're not putting saving and investing, building an emergency fund, having some sort of financial security and working towards that, and that's not a big part of, uh, whatever money you have available to you now, I think it's hard to project that out into the future. I mean, we don't know what 2020, I think there's a lot of speculation. You have the bulls and the bears. The bears say a recession is imminent. And, you know, they've been saying it since 2015 and earlier. Or you have the bulls who just think we're just going uh, S&P 500 to, you know, 4,000 or whatever. So you have you have these these differing opinions, but I think it's safe to say that we don't know what the future will hold for next year or the following years. Uh, but it's best to plan for prosperity, no matter what happens. And so, if you don't have an emergency fund, I think this is a good time to start. If you're thinking of you know that next expensive purchase, I think it's a good thing to maybe reconsider and try to project yourself into a situation where is unemployment higher? Are you at risk of losing a job, having to work two, three jobs to pay the bills? These are the sort of things that, you know, needs to be going through our minds and not what's the, what's the moving goalposts, you know, what can I buy to make myself feel better? Instead, it's let's, let's make hay while the sun is shining and let's really, uh, try to capitalize on any sort of prosperity we might have now and maybe make that a point uh, for next year. That's all great stuff. And I, one thing that I was thinking about while you were talking about that is when you're thinking about upcoming goals and up, upcoming plans, it's always great to, in some way, shape, or form, put these in a place where you can refer to them again and again and again in the future. Whether it's, you know, a la Andrew and have, you know, 15 spreadsheets with 17 tabs on each spreadsheet and, and having, you know, it, it all like that. Or whether you're a pen and paper kind of person or you just like to put notes in your phone, whatever it may be. Any of those kinds of things are great ways to keep track of your goals and to refer to them on a somewhat regular basis, which helps you stay on track, if you will. And I, remember an article that I read not too long ago from our friend Vitaly, and he was talking about budgeting and some things that he learned from a friend of his. And one of the things that kind of stuck with me, which I thought was kind of brilliant, and I don't think is talked about enough, was planning for that next big purchase and starting to try to save money to do something like that, as opposed to relying on, oh crap, the car died, I got to go get a new one, and then having to scramble or i.e borrow more money and put yourself in possibly a same or worse situation that you were in before. And so that was something that he thought was really eye-opening. And I kind of thought it was too as well, because that's not 
something that we really ever think about. You know, we all have cars or a lot of us have cars and we all know we're going to need another one at some point, but how many of us actually plan for replacing the car that we have now? And I'll admit I did not until I read that article. And then I started thinking about it. Well, you know, the car I have now is about 140 some thousand miles on it and it's a 2010. So it's not a horrible car, but it's got a few miles on it and it's still running great and everything. But at some point I am going to have to replace it. And what is my plan? Well, I don't really have one. So like Andrew was saying, now is the perfect time to start thinking about that. How setting aside extra money for something like that or figuring out a way that you can earn a little more interest, whether it's an online savings account or going into your bank and talking to them and saying, hey, is this the best you can do? There's all kinds of different options that you can utilize, which don't take a lot of time and just take a little bit of research and a little bit of effort, but can yield you a lot more results in the long run. But there's that saying out there that those who fail to plan fail. And (laughs) You know, and it's just, it's kind of blunt, but it's, it's kind of true. And if you don't think about, you know, what it is you're trying to accomplish, then you're never going to get where you really want to go. And money, unfortunately, and this is why Andrew and I are doing this on money, unfortunately, tends to be something that people just don't think about or plan or organize like they do other parts of their lives. And that's unfortunate. And I think that's something that needs to be a light shined on and try to encourage people to do more of those kinds of things as they go along. I'm glad you brought up that point about, you know, maybe part of a plan for next year is kind of looking at what your, what vehicles your money is in now and, and what are your options we've talked previously and, this past month and uh, maybe two months of the whole commission free trading and how that's kind of changing everything. And maybe this is the year or even the decade to be like a broker, like a broker agnostic where, you know, the, the days of like just having to have one broker um, and feeling locked into that. I, I don't think that that needs to be the case anymore. Um, you know, with with the whole elimination of commissions with pretty much almost every online broker, you know, just the, a lot of these brokers are, are offering really competitive products, and you have to figure what's what's best for you and what's not. I have I've started to branch out myself. I just opened an account with Fidelity. I have an account with Merrill, and we've mentioned Ally in the past. And so, you know, what ally strength used to be with the very low commissions is now kind of industry standard. And so it's worth taking a look and seeing how some of these brokers have positives and negatives and you don't need to have all your accounts with one broker. And, you know, the way they make it these days, it's it's super, super easy to, to um, sign on to these accounts online, transfer money and do all of those things. And so... I think moving forward and and trying to figure out uh, what what to do with with different brokers and and maybe you know keeping an eye on what's going on with with your personal finances from a contribution standpoint. So I know for the four hundred one k, the contribution limit was nineteen thousand in twenty nineteen. It's going up to nineteen five for twenty twenty. If you're fifty or older, um, in twenty twenty it's going to be 6500 for workplace plans which is up from 6 
thousand, and for an IRA, um, it actually stays the same. So that's six thousand with a one thousand catch up if you're fifty or older. So with those things in mind, you know, is this the year where you're going to do a rollover where you're going to take an old four hundred one k and move it into an IRA? Is that necessarily need to be with a break with a broker you're not too excited about no it doesn't you know have you never opened an account before and you just want to try to open one this could be the year for that too so uh all of these innovations in the financial industry are just great for the consumer but it's up to us to to take advantage of it ourselves and really just have the just 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 go out and, and take advantage couple of the other developments that have gone on in 2019. Um, actually, this is news as of yesterday. The Fed announced that they're going to freeze rates, um, at least for the short term. So, you know, the, it's kind of confusing how the Fed and interest rates and everything uh, really work. And it's a huge, complex machine. I don't want to try to say that it's super simple. It's not. But at its most base level, interest rates can really determine how an economy booms and busts. And so basically what it does is it it controls the supply of money. And so there's more money afloat when interest rates are lower, which tends to make the stock market higher. And when interest rates are higher, there's not as much money slushing around and the stock market tends to drop. And so as a stock market investor, when you see the Fed announce that they're keeping interest rates frozen, or if they ever say they're going to cut rates, Wall Street tends to really like that. And you'll see stock prices move up higher. And not only will they do that on an announcement, but you'll also see better business results and and higher stock prices over time because those are real effects to the economy. And it, you know, not, not only do like stock prices move up higher with lower interest rates, but you have to think like if you take the average Joe small business, maybe he needs to borrow some money when rates are lower, it's easier for him to do that. He can put that capital to work. It goes into the economy and it all just kind of trickles out from there. So that's, that's what's going on with the fed to kind of consider. We have government debt is pretty high. Um, I think you know the thing that really pisses me off about the whole government debt thing is have you ever seen that that calculator ticker thing online where it it's showing oh, yeah. like you, yeah. you've seen it right the trillion oh, thing yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it that that pisses me off beyond no end because there's no context at least the last time i checked there's no context there because you have to consider the debt compared to our gdp and so you can really scare people with trillions and trillions of dollars, right? And that sounds like this massive amount. Oh my gosh, it's all the way to the moon and back 50,000 times. I, I get that, but we also need to understand that the way that money works and a trillion dollars today is not the same as a million dollars um, 80 years ago, you know? So what we really need to do is we need to compare apples to apples, get some context. And so from the context of GDP to debt, which is one metric that Warren Buffett has famously talked about before, we're at about, depending on, I I guess I'll use the official FRED. This is um, Federal Reserve Bank of St. Louis. 
their latest chart, Q3 2019, they have us at 105.46. So 100, you would think that's uh, 100% of GDP would would be um, as much debt as we bring in an income per year. So it's obviously high and it's been high for the past decade, but this isn't like the very first time we've had a high um, debt to GDP. If you go back to the World War II years, to GDP was uh, 114%, 119% in 1946. And then they got back down after that and through the Cold War and then continued dropping. So it's not this, in a way it's unprecedented, everything is, but we've had high debt before. And so where I think it gets problematic is if, as we've kind of been doing the past several years, it it's not improving. Um, but at the same time, I think so, sounding the alarm bell and saying that, well, it's it's grown by however many trillion and it's at this many trillion dollars. That doesn't really tell us anything. All it does is really make us fearful. So as investors, we might look at that and think, oh man, you know, how can we ever pay this off and how can we ever get back from this? And that's really not the right conversation to be having. And so what we need to understand is uh, you can really manipulate those debt numbers to to justify an investing decision one way or the other. And I think we've talked about over and over again how futile that idea that you can kind of pick and choose where to get in and out of the market, how futile really that is to try to do and how you're probably better off just creating a investing habit and really sticking to that regardless of what happens next year with um, the budget and everything of that nature. As a finance nerd, you would assume that I have my money game all together. Well, shocker, I didn't. Until Monarch Money. Monarch Money allowed me to easily see what is going on with my finances, helping me get a better handle on my spending, budgets, and more. It's my go-to app, more so than my bank because I can quickly see where I am with my budgets and spending, allowing me to invest more and spend time on the things I want to do, is my GPS for money. Monarch is a top-rated, all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all of your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com beginners. Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint and keep all of your tags and categories. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. Change the layout of your dashboard, toggle between light and dark mode, create custom budgets and notifications, set up automatic rules for transactions and notifications, and more. Monarch is obsessed with constantly improving the product. They release updates every two weeks and allow customers to submit suggestions, vote on requested features, and view the product roadmap. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's a top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash beginners. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash beginners for your extended 30-day free trial. I agree with that. I, I like uh, I like the thoughts on, on, on how that's comparable and trying to put it in context, especially when you're talking about the, the debt versus the the GDP because I, I think that has so much more of a correlation than I think we realize. And I know that uh, you and I have both read, excuse me, <clears throat> we've both read uh, the recent Ray Dalio book, uh, 
the big debt crisis. Uh, and that was fascinating. And oh my God, bright, smart guy. <laughs> uh, another thing along these lines, if you're not a hundred percent sure about how the economy works and how debt works and those kinds of things, there is a, a ridiculously fantastic, uh, YouTube video that Ray Dalio created called How the Economic Machine Works. It's also in a book, but the video is about 30 minutes long or so, and it explains everything that Andrew was talking about. And it is a fantastic way to kind of learn how all this is interconnected. Just in case you didn't really pay attention to in your government class back when we were freshmen in high school, I know I didn't. So, uh, it was, uh, it was very enlightening for me to watch that years ago. So it's fantastic. The next big development, I think we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about this. Dave, I'd like to hear your thoughts. We have a president who's up for re-election and a couple of incumbents with their different ideas and everything. How do you think, maybe how is not the right question, but what are your thoughts on the presidential election and um, the potential impact to the markets from there? Oh boy, that's going to be very interesting. Uh, I think this is probably going to be, I thought the last election was going to be probably one of the more contentious ones that I've ever seen and maybe will see in my lifetime. I think this one's going to be amped up even to the the next level uh, for a variety of reasons. One, uh, whether you like him or not, he has done some good things. And some of the things he said he was going to do, he has done. And I know that's going to get me in a lot of hot water with people, but you can't argue that the economy has done, has been doing well. Now you can't argue whether he's had an impact on it or not. That could be another conversation for another day. But the fact of the matter is, is unemployment is incredibly low. The stock market is continuing to go up and up and up. People are making more money and so those are obviously pluses and bonuses. So you got that going on. Then you have the attempt to try to impeach him, which appears to not really be going anywhere. And that is going to be a bonus in his favor as well, because they tried to kick him out and they couldn't. And so that's going to be another factor. And I think they just can't get over the fact that he won. And I think people are just still upset about that. And I think that this is going to continue. And it seems like we're racing towards the kind of extremes in the political party as opposed to more of the middle. And I think that's where we need to be more so personally, but it just seems like that the really the only way to get anybody's attention anymore is to be so extreme that that's where it kind of stands out. And I think that, I mean, I personally feel like the policies that the other candidates want to try to enact would be incredibly detrimental to the company or the company, the country. And I don't think they would be in our best interest in the long term. Do we have problems? Of course. Are there things we need to fix? Absolutely. But I don't think that racing to the either extreme, whether it's the right or the left, uh, I think is the right way to go about doing that. And the thing that I find intriguing or interesting about it is, you know, if you think about if you st- if you go far enough to the right, you become left and vice versa. If you go far enough to the left, you become you go to the right. 
I think as an investor looking at the upcoming election and trying to figure out, okay, how can I profit from this? I'd like to turn the history books back a couple pages and just remember that in 2016, everybody thought Hillary was going to win. Um, I think when Trump won, everybody expected the stock market to crash. And um, it's just not, you know, and you can, you can substitute so many different themes into, into uh, thinking, well, this candidate's going to win. So this industry must boom or this one must bust. And, and it's just, it, I don't think it's an investable, like a reliable investable plan and something to really consider. Uh, Forbes had a great article, and this was actually back in 2016, where they looked at the S&P 500 returns for uh, every president since 1929. And they referenced a study done by Campbell and Lee in 2004, which is posted uh, in the Federal Reserve website saying there's no conclusive evidence suggesting the president's party has any statistically significant impact on U.S. equity market returns. So, you know, we, we all maybe have our favorite side and we all have our ideas of wh- what would happen in the market based off what president gets elected. But there's so many other factors that go into what sets prices on Wall Street and you know you have economic cycles and and just all of these sorts of things and i i don't think it's a good idea to either panic sell after a decision is made or uh maybe even panic sell before the election because you think whoever the next president is 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 going to be a disaster it, it's really you got to stay the course and and not make any rash decisions and i think I think in my mind, and maybe I'm wrong, in my mind, the election is just a ton of noise. I would definitely, I would agree with that. It is definitely a ton of noise and it's very distracting. And I, I remember when, when President Trump was uh, first elected and the the panic selling that went on immediately after it was announced that he had, he had won. And then, you know, the, the Trump rally, you know, about how everything kind of went back up from there. But, you know, I agree. It's just, it's all noise. And it just, it doesn't, there's so, like you said, there's so many factors that are involved in what goes on with the economy and the and stock market and everything like that. Does it have, you know, influence on it? Of course. But I, I think, the, you know, to, like you said, the one side or the other having the huge impact, you know, that Republicans are going to be pro-business and they're going to drive all these stock market returns. I, versus the democrats i think you know that study that you were referencing i i would personally would like to see that and i think i should put that in the show notes or a link for that because i think that would be very enlightening hey you what's the best way to get started in the market download andrew's free ebook at stockmarketpdf.com you won't regret it yeah i'll, I'll definitely send it your way awesome. a couple other statistics maybe on that are a little bit more useful Uh, I think listeners will find useful. Uh, In 2019, millennials were recorded as taking 5.6 trips per year. This is from um, my December e-leather issue. Uh, Compared to baby boomers at three and a half and Generation X at four trips per year. 
So millennials make up the world's largest population segment right now, and they have an estimated 200 billion of spending power. And so, you know, I definitely have certain investable trends that I've picked up during this year um, with things that are trending higher and seem to continue to go and not having to necessarily pay huge prices for uh, to, to be a part of those sort of things. Some, some other uh, kind of stories that we've seen this year, you had lots of different IPOs. You had um, a lot of IPO failures. Uber comes to mind. Spotify comes to mind. Uh, one IPO that was very recent that really took off was Beyond Meat, which is the whole vegan uh, patty thing, which um, more power to more power to them. Uh, it just went crazy in the stock market. And so I think you can look at something like that and you can see, well, maybe maybe this whole trend towards organic and healthy and, and like this obsession with healthy food and responsibly raised meat and all of those sorts of things. Maybe those are real trends to, to consider looking forward into the future. And so when I look at my portfolio, I can identify not only, Hey, I bought this stock at a great price. Hey, it's got great growth. Uh, recently, a lot of these different stocks I'm buying too, I can look and I'm like, Hey, they like their main product is responsibly raised and organic and all of those sorts of things. Uh, this, this company's main demographic is millennials who are traveling more. That's a direct boost to our bottom line. Um, those are, those are the sorts of things that we can look and we can, we can take a look at what's going on in the world around us this year and try to figure out what's going on next year and make some money based off of those things. Just having an observant eye and really uh, just paying attention to what's going on, how the world's changing and understanding that, yeah, maybe I would like to profit from uh, more people being healthy. That doesn't mean I want to buy the Beyond Meat IPO because it's, you know, we stay away from IPOs and it's probably way overpriced. But maybe I found another stock that's more of a traditional value stock, but they, uh, they they profit from that trend in their own way. And so that's that's something to kind of consider. The last little statistic I want to throw out there. This is from a report from Deloitte. Um, they said uh, six trends for 2019, the future of health, and they talked about how between 2017 to 2022, global healthcare spending is expected to rise 5.4 percent annually to just over 10 trillion dollars. So, you know, there there's obviously a huge, there's a lot of attention, a lot of dollars going towards um, various different industries. And so uh, I, I think like the whole healthcare thing is really playing out with the biotechs. I talked about the biotechs a little bit last week and how these things are just erupting these stocks. And so these are the types of things where we can pay attention and, and kind of keep a watchful eye. But at the same time, you have to kind of corral yourself and don't get super emotional. Don't let your emotions justify a bad investing decision 
remember that you're in you're going to invest with a margin of safety emphasis on the safety and that margin of safety comes from numbers and from valuation. Um, But at the same time, you can use that to your advantage to maybe pick uh, the stocks that might be better poised than others and really have multiple ways that your stock can go up and really provide return rather than just being uh, a do or die thing. That's great. Yeah, that was that's great advice, and I, I I like the the thought of kind of keeping an eye on what's going on in the world and how that can impact what you're looking at as far as your investing. And I mean, particularly things like you're talking about with the with the healthcare, it makes sense because as the the baby boomers are getting older, they're going to need more healthcare, and that's a very large segment of the population in the world, and it makes sense that they're going to need more healthcare as they get older. And it just, it's kind of a, a duh, but those are things that we just don't always think about. And that can definitely shape what you're thinking about investing in, especially if it falls within your circle of competence and it's something you feel comfortable investigating and learning, you know, enough about that you can know what the company is doing and where they're going to be in five to 10 years and how that can make you money. So I think that's fantastic. And, you know, we have the certain things that are going on and, and the things we've, we've observed this year, the big news stories, the things that um, seem to be trending in a certain direction for next year. But I think the last thing to really realize is at the end of the day, valuation is timeless. And so we say it every week and if anything, we're pounding it into our own brains more than into yours, but invest with a margin of safety emphasis on the safety. I think that's always going to reign true, whether we're talking about 2020, 2023 or, you know, 2120, right? This is something to keep in mind and kind of sits at the forefront. Everything else um, can really help with your decision-making, but I think this should be the main focus. And so, you know, with this time of the year, uh, we're recording this near the end of 2019. Uh, this is going out, uh, see, so we're the second week of December will be third week of December. So for a couple of weeks, we're going to reopen the investing for beginners masterclass. If you don't know what we're talking about, when we talk about valuation, margin of safety, emphasis on the safety, if you wish, you have more clarity on exactly how that breaks down, detailed, really class formats on on how we define that, how we've taught it, and how we implement it in our investing. Um, the Investing for Beginners Masterclass is the place to check it out. And so we've we've only opened enrollment uh, several times in you know just like what was it three times? This will be the third time I think, Dave. Yes, we've opened it in like the past two or three years. Yes. So uh, definitely use the holidays, use the the new year to kind of jumpstart. And if this is something that you've been thinking about, learning about, and, and really wanting to take a masterclass that's like this tangible thing where you can really learn um, a lot of the things we talk about and have a structure to it. Um, and you know, it's, it's an online course, uh, you get a, a username and a password and we're, we're going to offer, you know, it's, it's completely on, on an honor system. So really you can do whatever you want, but we, Dave and I would like to offer 
the opportunity. If you get enrollment for the masterclass, you can share it with one other person to give to them as a gift. So that can be something you can take with somebody and, and go through the lessons together. Uh, really, at the end of the day, we yes, we have to put food on the table for our daughters, but we are very passionate about kind of spreading this message and getting people uh, educated and informed in the ways that we weren't growing up. So this is a great way to do it. Great way to learn about personal finance, the stock market, valuation, margin of safety, all those great things all bundled up in a masterclass. And so we're going to keep that open until January 3rd. So if this is something you've thought about, we've talked about it in the past. Like I said, it's a limited enrollment. So make sure you get in while you can. And then it's going to close up and we don't know when we'll reopen it. So that will be, this is our PSA announcement. Yeah, exactly. And it, it, it's, it's geared towards beginners. And so it has a lot of great stuff in there that can help you if you're not really sure about a lot of the things that Andrew and I talk about in the class. And it goes through these things in depth and really kind of helps shine a light on a lot of those different kinds of terminology and topics and kind of a broad overview of value investing as well as just finance in general. Uh, you also will We'll get information about different formulas that you can use, whether it's a discounted cash flow, whether it's dividend discount models, any of those kinds of things, they'll be in there as well. So you can kind of learn from the ground up how to do those kinds of things. And the other cool thing is, is that I just discovered this myself, is that you can do all this stuff on your phone as well. So they have a mobile app through Teachable that you can use to watch all these things so it doesn't have to just be on your laptop which i thought was like kind of like mind-blowing for me so it's kind of like you gotta remember guys i'm older so just bear with me all right uh but i thought that was kind of cool so anyway without any further ado uh we're going to go ahead and sign us off for tonight i hope you guys enjoyed our conversation about things to think about for 2020 and what you can start to prepare for and get a plan together for your finances for the upcoming year so without any further ado, we're going to go ahead and sign us off. You guys go out there and invest with a margin of safety, emphasis on the safety. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you all next week. We hope you enjoyed this content. Seven Steps to Understanding the Stock Market shows you precisely how to break down the numbers in an engaging and readable way with real-life examples. Get access today at stockmarketpdf.com. Until next time. Have a prosperous day. The information contained is for general information and educational purposes only. It is not intended for a substitute for legal, commercial, and or financial advice from a licensed professional. Review our full disclaimer at einvestingforbeginners.com. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring a laundry oh a book club computer solitaire huh ah oh, 
Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 